0: Please visit jcastnetwork.org.
1: Hello, welcome to Daily Daff Differently. I'm Rabbi Joel Levy, and today we are studying Masechet Megillah, Daf Yudbet, page twelve. We are now heading into a section of real Parashanut. We're going to pick apart some verses from the beginning of Megillat Esther and analyze them for the real politik which is contained within them. Let's start with. Uh, chapter one, verse three, which reads as follows: Bishnat Shalosh L'mlachol. In the third year of his reign, Hashamishte he made a feast L'chol Sarav Avadav for all his ministers and servants. Chel uh, Paras Umadai Hapart Hapartamim V'sarei Hamadinot L'fanav. The military strength of Persia and the Medes, the Partamim, the nobles, and the ministers of the of the provinces before him. The Gemara selects a few words from this verse Khail Madai Apartamim, the military strength of Paras of the Persians and the Medes, Apartamim the No uh, the Nobles. And uh, the Gemara is going to make something out of the fact that um, the order is given between the Persians and the Medes. Uh, Persians come first, the Medes come second, and then the word "aparatamim," the nobles, comes after both of them. And it's going to contrast that with a verse from the very, very end of Megillat Esther in in the 10th chapter, which reads as follows. That all the deeds of uh, the uh, story of Michaltesh there and Mordechai are all recorded, al uh, in the book of the Chronicles madai ufaras of the kings of the of Media and Persia. The Maharsha. Uh, Shmuel idols uh, from the uh, 16th, 17th century suggests that the thing that's worrying the Talmud here is the question of word order. In one place it says Pras-u-Madai, the Persians and the Medes, and at the end of the the Megiliata Esther, it talks about Madai-u-Pras, the Medians and the Persians. Now the the Achaemenid Empire, which was the empire of uh, Cyrus the Great, Um, did comprise a huge number of uh, different states and uh, areas, which spread over much of the known world. At its peak, the Achaemenid Empire um, uh, ruled over 44% of the world's population, the highest figure for any empire in history. We're talking about an absolutely huge empire that ranged in the west from uh, areas of Macedonia in Europe uh, down to North Africa, and in the east, cutting through into Pakistan, um, including Saudi Arabia, what's uh, contemporary Afghanistan, uh, uh, Azerbaijan, Georgia, Armenia, huge areas of the world were covered by this empire. The Talmud... Is interested in this uh, slight word order uh, shift between the Medes and the Persians, and the Persians and the Medes. And Rava comments as follows: At Nuye at nubahadide. they made a pact between them or a condition between them. I minan malche. if we are going to be the kings, uh, minaihu iparchu iparche, uh, you guys can be the Sarim, you guys can be the people who are running the show, you can be the uh, ministers, and vice versa. And if you guys are the kings, we will be the ministers. It is in fact the case that uh, uh, pictures from this period seem to show uh, um, Medes and Persians intermingling, uh, kings as Medes and uh, rulers as Persians interwoven together. Despite the fact that the Persians had conquered the Medes, uh, the Medes became a central part of the government of the Persian Empire. And in fact, the Persian Empire functioned largely by maintaining the identities of uh, individual areas and um, leaving in place satraps or uh, local governors who would report back to the Persian Empire. Is the Talmud simply reflecting on this reality commenting on a kind of uh, a phenomenon, isn't it interesting that the Persians and the Medes and the Medes and the Persians stitched up together positions of power within the Persian empire? If it's more than a passing observation, but rather some kind of uh, criticism or an observation laced with some kind of disapproval, what's the disapproval? is it the um, condition that was set is it kind of sneaky you know you have that job and i'll have this job if you get into power then i'll back you up uh, and vice versa is there something underhand about the fact that the Medes and the persians were working together so closely or do the rabbis disapprove of nations working together in that way at all like is there is there a disapproval of the idea that the, I don't know, the uh, the clean line of the Medes should have been working together with the line of the Persians in some way that was despicable compared to the purity uh, of the line of David, for example, where we won't allow for the possibility of some other person sitting on the Davidic throne? Either way, the Talmudic sensitivity to language uh, actually picks up an historical reality from many hundreds of years earlier. Um, I guess that's something that the rabbis can't really have known about from historical studies, just from the language of the Megillah. After 180 days of feasting, verse 5 goes on to say, And when these days were fulfilled, the king made a feast for all the people that were present in Shushan, the capital, both for great and small, seven days in the court of the garden of the king's palace. Here again, the Talmud has some political reflections. (inaudible) Bimlu'otayamimha'eleh Rav and Shmuel, one of them thought that the king was a very smart ruler, and one of them thought he was a foolish ruler. They're discussing the fact that the king made a special feast for all the nations, all the different provinces from far and wide, and brought them together into the capital. The one who said that he was clever, Shapiravad, uh, karev Rechika, Beresha. He was a clever guy because he brought the the provinces from far away. He brought them near, first of all. Um, (laughs) Because he didn't need to worry so much about the local population because he could appease them at any time. Umanda Mati but the the um, the the uh, authority who said that he was foolish said as follows: uh, He should have appeased the local population first. For if uh, those ones, meaning the ones from the pr- uh, from the provinces, uh, had rebelled from the people from further afield, had rebelled, Hani Havukame Bahade, the the local uh, people would have stood by him um, um, in order to re re-establish order. I love the colossal chutzpah of the rabbis. Here they are sitting around with no political power at all post-destruction of the Second Temple, um, and no political power in sight. You know, the rabbis wouldn't have any political power until the re-establishment of the State of Israel, thousands of years later, discussing, pulling apart, making sense of the political decisions made by one of the most successful leaders of one of the largest empires the world has ever seen. Was he right to have uh, manipulated or to have brought together the Medes and the Persians into a single entity who shared power together? Um, was the king right um, to have uh, um, brought people from far far afield and uh, appeased them, or should he have been more focused on uh, making sure that his power base was strong back home? Are the Jews unique amongst the peoples of the world, in that they have developed and discussed political philosophies whilst in a total vacuum, devoid of political power themselves. How much safer it is to discuss politics protected by one's own powerlessness. It's only in the st- contemporary state of Israel that the Jews are beginning to put their political thoughts and philosophies into effect. And it's only here in the state of Israel where we will be proved by the uh, reality of history itself, uh, where we have nowhere to escape. We can't escape into the Beit Midrash and discuss other people's inadequacies, but rather we have the power to fail ourselves and to be proven by history.